This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Oh, welcome to the backyard. Here on a Tuesday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Move locations, Austin Lane. Well, the last time I checked with Coos, Austin Lane might not even have been in the studio yet. So. No, I was here, man. I was getting water. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Maybe it was Coos that wasn't in the studio. Ah. Ah. Coos, who uses this? The access. Is somebody else working from home? I don't like, know, why but it's it like every day. Every time it's, it's on WOKV. You think it's getting you frustrated, Coos? <laughs> it's 3 o'clock. You don't, text your, you don't check your text messages. i got to, like, get after you. Mm. Well, the worst part is I can hear you on here, so you go, and can you hear me? And I go, yes. And then I didn't hear anything, and you go, all right, I'll take that as a no. And I'm like, <laughs> I just told you yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man. i tell you one thing. This, Like, we worked from home a lot early on, right, in TV and everything. It just made sense. But once you get into football season, it, do, it doesn't make as much sense because we do so many half-hour shows and one-hour shows, and that's a lot, like, if if something goes wrong from home, uh, which by the way it doesn't usually like it's it's been very successful. <laughs> knock on wood, mm. and it's pretty and you can rely on it. Just the technology is so unbelievable now. But if something goes wrong, then you could have John Bachman do a two and a half minute sportscast. That did happen uh, actually last Tuesday, and so he did it. It's a little harder to ask the anchors to do a half hour show, right? Yeah. Uh, in TV land, if something goes wrong, so. It it was uh we went back to the studio. The shows look better from the studio, obviously. We got the wall that says it all. We've got all these different places. The lighting's better, everything. Um, but now we've been forced home a little bit, and this is a little challenging. You know, doing the Friday night blitz was a challenge from home because well, our entire sports department was in quarantine, and we that's about ten games worth of high school games that we couldn't get, and so just getting the amount of games was one thing. Uh, doing the shows is not bad from home. We've been able to do it Friday night, Saturday night, three shows on Sunday, last night a half hour. But what it reveals, Austin Lane, in my opinion, are your weaknesses mm. and your warts. And nobody, I don't know if anybody at home can see it. Maybe they can if, it, if they're savvy or, or here or there or they might question something. But I don't like, it, it hasn't been bad. But the amount of frustration at times to get it there is like oh my gosh what it shows you is we are just bad all of us at communicating like we're bad communicators in general and it's not even the technical side for the most part there's been a little thing or here or there the technical side is so reliable the human's ability to communicate not as reliable we're all bad at communicating we are bad communicators. You know, whether you were talking about on the telephone, text messages, sliding in DMs, like everyone has the preference of how you want to communicate. You know, and I think like the old school people, they prefer the phone call. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I actually prefer a phone call more than anything, right? Like if I have something long to say, I prefer to call somebody than actually text it out because then you get lost in translation and things like that. But regardless of what we're talking about here, you hit it right on the head. It's it's in terms of communication. We talk about it all the time with this team in the Jacksonville Jaguars where there has been a lack of communication the past couple of years, and you've seen the results. 
Well, the same thing can be said in business, where if you don't, if you're on the same page, and there's lack of communication, it can fall apart. Yeah, and we like, I think our folks are pretty good, like so, the ones we work closely with. And to be honest with you, I think it's like most of the time I'm a decent communicator, like decent. And we're not, and none of us are good, and so like. I think um okay at it, like uh, in terms of response time and, and trying to get people on the same page. And sometimes over-communicating can actually confuse things, and that's probably I'm, I'm not good at. Uh, so, But what this all does, working from home, especially like in football season when we haven't done it before, is it kind of showcases what you're not very good at or what or what you kind of forget about. Or when you're like in person, you can just kind of ban like, hey, we got to do this, mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. but you got to do like three different things to get everybody on the same page from four different places um, from home. So it's been a wild experience uh, for, for so many. Uh, I, I will say this, though, this a little inside the business for you. I've said this for a long time. There will be a day where I will do sports from home like all the time. And I got to be honest with you, I could almost do it. I need two pieces of equipment that I would invest in, and I could do radio and TV from home every day. Cocky. Sound a little cocky with it. That's all right. I'm just telling you. A little cocky, though. I could do it. A little cocky. You know know why people don't want to do it? I'll tell you why people don't want to do it. It's because they don't want to. We have so many people that grew up in our business, right, that don't, they, they can't envision it that way. And so it's like, well, that's not the way it's been done. That's not the way it's supposed to be done. It can't look that good. Here, here's the deal. People don't care what things look like anymore. I mean, we show people everything on a three-inch phone, you know? Yeah. I, I shouldn't say they don't uh, care. I mean, it still matters. Some people care. Like, there was one individual that cared about my uh, three observations video being low quality. They did. And felt the need to put that on Twitter. There's a little bit of that. But I, I shouldn't say don't care. I just think people are more flexible with how much they care about it. Uh, you still want high quality stuff, and especially in an HD world, but everything's HD. Yeah. Like, everything is HD. I am in my backyard. I could easily be on a green screen in the studio. Sure. And you wouldn't be able to tell. I could fool you, is my point. I have the camera set up. It's an HD camera. I have everything else set up, and you wouldn't be able to tell. Sure. So there you go. That's Once my, again, that's my life lesson. Cocky. I mean, I this, is, this is a cocky Brent Martin we're hearing today, and it's all good. What? It's we're, reality. Cocky. But anyways, so here's what I'm going to say, though. I get where you're coming from. You make valid points. But to me personally, I would always go to the studio. I would always go to some place to do like either the radio show if I was on TV, you know, to record stuff, simply because I don't like to mix my home life with my business life. Right. And I feel like if you record at home the whole time, it kind of mixes a little bit. Right. Like it's nice to have your home life and you, and you keep your work at work. You know, I mean, that's what a lot of people base their whole philosophies off of. And I just don't think that it would be beneficial to record from home. And then you have your family around like it's just it can make a, for a tedious um, experience, let's just say. Well, but, you're not wrong. I mean, the family wants me out of here. That's part see, of the reason I'm out of so- outside right now. Like, exactly. They, they roll their eyes every time they're like, I said, hey. I think I can get back by like uh, today. Yeah, yeah. And they were, and I was like, but I think I'm gonna wait out today and tomorrow just to be on the safe side, and I'll be back Thursday. I got to do Jaguars All Access, so let's just everybody will be happy. Got <laughs> every everything's cleared, and and go back Thursday. They're like, really, <laughs> really? <laughs> like you can't go back now? Like yeah. because for three hours I'm yelling yeah. here on the radio. Like I don't feel like I'm yelling, but I guess I'm lo- kind of loud in the back room there. And so everybody has shifted upstairs. I've moved their lives around. Sure. And they're like, can you get out of here? See? 
telling you, man, it's not just you, Brent. It's the entire family, um, you know, that gets affected by this. Now, one thing real quick. Let's see how long that black long sleeve shirt lasts that you're wearing because it's 85 degrees outside right now, and you're sitting in the sun. So it let's is, see how that goes. It is kind of warm out, but I'm uh, next yeah. to the fire pit, well, hey. so that will be on here in a little bit. <laughs> let's go ahead and see how that goes when it's 80 degrees outside. And I'm drinking a coffee. But with that being said, though, and talking about communication, I'll be honest with you, man, and I guess I maybe owe you an apology um, because I didn't even mean to kind of be – uh, I'm, I'm going to say mean here, but let's just go back real quick. So on Monday, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers put out it's officially Victory Monday, exclamation point, exclamation point. Yeah. You commented and said, what's a Victory Monday with the emoji that looks like it's thinking? Yeah. Now, I saw this, and I thought you were literally, with that emoji, I thought you were literally asking, hey, what does a, a Victory Monday mean? Like, what wouldn't you call it like, Victory Sunday? So then I went on to explain, well, Victory Monday is actually where you get, you know, that Monday off because you won, right? So then you don't have to come into the stadium and work out. You don't have to watch film. Needless did I know, though, that you were kind of being sarcastic of what's a Victory Monday. I had no idea. Couldn't see your sarcasm on Twitter. And then people were calling me saucy and said, ooh, got him. I'm like, no, that wasn't my intention at all. I was literally just trying to be a good friend and explain what Victory Monday was to somebody that maybe not have understood what Victory Monday was. I didn't know you are being sarcastic. So once again, a mix-up of communications. Yeah, that was wild, actually, because like I saw the back and forth, yeah. and I saw you tweet, and I'm like, He's taking me literally, or I'm something's going over my head. Like, yeah. why what, this? He's, he's being funny, but I can't get it. No, <laughs> which is certainly possible. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, uh, so it's, you know, hey, how old's Ronan again? Five. How's my, how's my buddy Ronan doing? Five. Anyway, he, he's doing brother. fantastic, man. He's doing great. He's five but, years old. Well, see, when you have a five-year-old, especially, sure, sure. you live in a literal world, man. You better believe it. <laughs> you, <laughs> you better believe it. Kids make you live in a literal world, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but uh, maybe that. That's, that's why you were literal. I mean, obviously I was saying we haven't experienced one of those yeah. uh, since. I mean, I went out and bought bandanas for Mitch. <laughs> bandanas. I got four different bandanas because I figured we'd at least have four more Victory Mondays yeah. and Minshew Mondays. Yeah. We came up with this great marketing campaign. Oh, it was fantastic, show. Brent. Trademark. Minshew Mondays. Yeah. We came up with Minshew Mondays in a year where they've got one win and the guy hasn't played in three weeks. Yeah. Yep. It's almost like having a, a sports show during the pandemic. How much sense does that make? But you know what? We're going to make that work, Brent. Listen, though, it's not all lost, right? Because we talk about, obviously, Minshew being out right now, not having a really successful season. I'm just saying, if Jake Luton wins one of these next games, we're going gluten for Luton, all right? <laughs> so on Monday, everybody bring in your carbs, bring in your spaghettis, your pastas, whatever you want to eat, but we're eating gluten all day, all right? And, and, and we're going to purge ourselves on gluten, on on high, I guess, complex carbs, if you will, and we're going to celebrate a Jaguars victory. Yeah, that uh, we... I don't know if we'd be celebrating. That's the problem. I mean, at the time, probably after, we're going to feel like probably the biggest bunch of losers ever, but we're just going to have fun in the moment. I tell you, we're starting to get a little heat, by the way, and I feel like these are all your friends Uh-oh. that are talking about, like, I can't believe you're saying that they should lose and yeah. all this stuff. You better believe it. Uh, it's it's a wrestling match, you know. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's mental gymnastics, as you call it, mm-hmm. and uh, the overall good of this franchise, I mean... I was talking to somebody today, and they said, you know, Miami started to win later last year. And I said, yeah, they got really lucky, though, that they ended up with two. And now maybe they could have got Herbert. But they got fortunate, right? I mean, a lot of people thought they played themselves potentially out of that. But the way the mix came down and, and Tua drops to number five, and they're still able to get him. Um, 
But listen, another win this year isn't worth dropping a five or six in the draft if you're really keen on Fields or Lawrence and not so much on Wilson and Lance and the rest of them. So, mm-hmm. but it's it's a tough thing. Like it's a really hard thing to compartmentalize. It's a really I I don't think in the I don't think the reality of the situation is you're rooting against the Jags. I I don't think that's what it is. I think. Um, I think you're rooting long term for the Jags, you know, and and we've dealt with this enough that you want to. It's one of the. It's the only thing that hasn't happened that now is set to possibly happen to maybe turn the franchise around. And so after Minshew Mondays, we came up with miserable Mondays. Well, now when the Jags lose, I'm not even miserable. <laughs> so, I mean, I really can't. I'm I'm confused. I mean, 2020 has sent me into a tailspin with yeah. my emotions here, and. Um, I, I don't even know how to react anymore to, to what the Jaguars are doing, but it's not as painful as it once was. And, you know, if you're rooting for the Jags to lose, they're finally delivering for what you're rooting on. Well, here's the thing, Brett. <laughs> no, no, I hear you, man. I hear you with that. And listen, I think this conversation happened last week with uh, you and I here. We were talking about are the, are the Jaguars kind of accustomed to losing, right? Like, ha- yeah. have the guy complacent. Yeah. Well, you know where I stand. Absolutely not. But I think you can make an argument that this fan base definitely has, right? Because, and I, I talked about this, where if the Jaguars would have beat Green Bay, um, there would have not have been, like, celebrating on social media. I think the the, the the majority of the fan base would have been ticked off, right? And I absolutely get that side. I think that's the dominant side. I think that's the majority side. I, I think that I'm definitely in the minority of when I say I want to see the Jaguars win games. Now, call that the player me, call it a whatever you want, and let's be honest here. I think if anybody should want this team to lose, it's probably me, right? Because in football, there's a bunch of analytics and things like that. But but the, the numbers that you cannot dispute are your record, right? I played back in 2012. We went 2-14. and 14. That's the worst team ever in the history of the Jacksonville franchise. And it's not up for debate. You know why? Because we won two games. All right. Now you can say yeah, the three and thirteen, the four and twelve team. No, the, the two and twelve team was the worst. I feel for this team right now because they're on the and we'll see. You know, they, they play the Bears. Uh, they have the Steelers at home. They're always been the Steelers kryptonite. But this team could be on pace for a one and fifteen finish. And the, the analytics, the numbers would say when you're one and fifteen in this franchise, you're the worst team of all time. Okay, and. I know what that means. I know how that makes people feel in that locker room. And I, I don't want to see him have to go through that. So maybe it's out of a little sympathy for me. Maybe it's out of being, you know, a former player and not having a loser's mentality. Whatever the reason may be, I can't get complacent in losing. Um, I guess, to, you know, to kind of quote Drake a little bit here, I'll laugh now and cry later. I would rather see the Jaguars win some games and then, you know what? When it's draft season and and they're picking maybe four or five or whatever the reason may be, and I'll be like, oh man, oh man, that they should have you know lost whatever. Yeah. But but I think you'll it, live in the moment then. Exactly. Yeah. But especially in, in this city that's lost so much, um, to not a, a embrace a win and embrace some positivity, uh, it's absolutely baffling to me. And, and once again, I'm, I'm not saying those people that are trying to tank are, are cheering for tanking that are wrong because they're not. I get planning for the future, and I get where you're coming from as well. I'm just saying, 
for as bad as it's been here the past decade, why wouldn't you want to see a team succeed a little bit, and why wouldn't you have want to have a little fun? Yeah, I understand that. It's going to yeah. be interesting. I think they will win a game. I told you yesterday on the show, I think they are going to win a game. They're going to need some help from Washington or Dallas uh, to, to make sure they still have that number two spot, because I do think they'll at least get a win, and I think maybe just one, but I do think they will, and that'll be a very interesting Monday. It'll be a very interesting Sunday night and Monday to see how people feel about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have to experience it first and see, and, and not a lot of people believe this will be the week, although we're going to talk a little bit about the Steelers game and the Steelers team and the Steelers franchise as it pertains to the Jaguars in a bit. You know, every day we come up with, we're like, well, let me add, let me add one more thing on that front, what you were just saying. I think this, I think I usually do feel the way you're talking. Listen, man, I've been through this now 11 out of 12 years. I've been covering the team. Mm-hmm. So... I'm kind of with you. I'm not the guy that roots for draft position. That's not been my M.O. But I I will say this, if I'm being honest, if I'm sitting on the couch here, and I say part of the reason why I'm a little more okay to this idea, one is because it gives you an opportunity to change your franchise more than any other draft pick that you could look forward to that next draft could do. Mm. Uh, The Jags are now in that position to get a guy. When they got Gabbert, when they got Bortles, that wasn't the case. They still reached for those guys, quite frankly, and and tried to draft them, but not as the number one or two pick and the coveted guys that, that are going to be out there this year. I think the other reason, though, is because when you cover this football team day in, day out, you are around the players. Mm-hmm. And so you're in that locker room, and you kind of see how miserable they are to lose, right? Mm-hmm. And you see how miserable it feels, and you're like, man, you know what? A lot of good people in this room, there's a lot of good people in this building. I just hope they win a game just to feel good on a Sunday going into a Monday, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I, that's, I'm, I'm just being honest. Like, I think when you're covering them day to day, you almost get that feeling. Like, you know, when we're around Calais Campbell over a couple years, you know, doing the show or, uh, you know, name your player, you're like, man, these guys are putting in a ton of work. They're getting their butt beat up every Sunday. It'd be nice for them. I, I want them to win for them. Forget, we'll deal with April later, you know? Mm. And so I do feel that way or have felt that way for the most part. I think the easier position for me now to take this year is one, because there are carrots out there that haven't been out there before dangling in front of us from the QB position. And two, listen, we're just not as attached to this football team. Doesn't mean we don't like them. Doesn't mean they don't have some good players. Just the nature of 2020, not in the locker room. I don't even know half the young guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just don't know this football team the way we have known past football teams, which makes it easier from this position, quite frankly, to say, hey, you know what? You guys deal with 1-15. Yeah. We've dealt with enough. If it makes it turn around, I'm for it. <laughs> no, no, listen, I, I hear you, man. But at the same time, let's be honest, though. Like, you are like another fan, Brent, because you have been in the locker room. Now, you haven't been in the locker room this year but you still know the intricacies, right? You still know the ins and outs, and you still know a lot of players in that locker room. So I think you can still relate for the most part. Now, you don't have a vibe of what's going on this season, but you still get how it works. Let me ask you this question. You said it yourself. You think this team's going to win another game? We'll see what happens with that. Do you think this is potentially, now depending on what the record looks like here, but let's say they win another game, is this the worst team in Jaguars history? No, I don't even think it's close. Really? No, no, not even close. Okay. No. No, this is this is a um, this is the Jags have had some teams, and I don't even know if when you said that that was interesting. You said your team, like uh, historically, record-wise, is the worst team. Yeah, it it wasn't though. The 2013 team, folks, is the worst team in franchise history. 
It, it was one of the worst teams assembled in NFL history. They were 0-8 in, in historically losing games. Now, somehow, Gus Bradley, who did not do well here in four years in terms of wins and losses, somehow with that football team, they went on a stretch where they won four out of five games. But I am telling you, Austin, your team... I went 2-14, and 14, would have beat them by 15 points. This <sighs> yeah, team yeah. would beat them by three touchdowns. Mm. I, I just feel, listen, I still believe that this offense, with good QB play, is one of the best offenses I've seen in my dozen years here. Mm-hmm. I mean, without question. Like, I'll take DJ Chark over a bunch of wide receivers that have played here. Maybe mm-hmm. just not named Allen Robinson. You know, I'll take this offensive line right now over... Maybe any offensive line I've seen play here. Mm-hmm. I would take uh, – I, I, I'm not going to say I'd take James Robinson over Maurice Jones-Drew or even a good Leonard Fournette, but I don't know if there's a drop-off there. That's a fair I think, point. I think LaVisca Chenault, when healthy, gives you something that you have not had ever in the history of the franchise. Mm-hmm. I think you have at least suitable guys to play tight end, although you don't have dangerous weapons. But they've never had dangerous weapons since I've been here at tight end. They've never played well at that position. So it's kind of just a wash. Yeah, I mean, you, you all, to be fair, though, you had Mercedes Lewis on one year who went into the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he's yeah, had two he, good he, years, really, yeah, yeah. 2010, 2017. But he still wasn't like this game-breaking, got-a-plan-for, yeah. Travis Kelsey, Gronk kind of guy. I mean, mm. yeah, he was better than anything they're doing individually. But as a whole... Yeah. So my point being, I would probably put this offense up there as second or third that I've seen in 12 years. Yeah. So there's no way in heck I think this is the this is the worst team in franchise history. Even if they go one and 15, I still yeah. wouldn't think that. Uh, and, and listen, maybe that's just once again, it's just the, the former player me talking. But I guarantee, if you're a guy in that locker room, I mean, Brent, like the record is everything. Yes. Yeah, right. And and, the, and like 99 percent of the people. And in the world, don't think like you do. Why? Because, I mean, you saw the ins and outs of it, right? Like, you, you, you knew, like, when Bradley came in, just how bad that roster was. But everybody thinks like that. People, are, the first thing they go to is the record, right? And when, when they see two wins compared to four wins, oh, the two-win team's a lot worse. Are you kidding me? And I think that if you have the one-win team, um, you know, the, 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 that's kind of the potential of this year. I mean, and I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it's right. But I think for the most part, they would be in the running just because they won one game yeah. all season. Well, That's not good. It would be a tough defense for me, right? Yeah, exactly. Hey, what do you mean, Brett? They're not the worst team. They went 1-15. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know, but, you, you know, I, I would I would argue it. I really I would. I, I've seen some really bad Jags teams in my dozen years, mm-hmm. and I would probably put at least two of them ahead of this one, even if they end up with one win. Really, uh, that's just the way it is for me. Um, hey, when we come back, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin had some really nice things to say about the Jags. Is he blowing smoke? And a little more on Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Jags have had their number, but, man, are they the envy of many franchises in the NFL. We'll talk about it next on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. And I'm going to regurgitate it to you. I'm like a mother bird right now, and I'm spewing it in your mouth. Brent Martineau. you got doves flying and mother birds I'm, all week. I'm, I mean. I'm trying to baby bird you right now, man. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this is why I tease stuff and don't get to it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, I'm not into the trap game discussion. I understand that that's things that you guys like to talk about. Um, but this is the NFL, and more than anything, the guys know my attitude regarding that. We are not a Big Ten team playing a Mac opponent this week. Uh, every time we step into a stadium, we're playing professionals, players and coaches. And we got a ridiculous level of respect for that. And so, you know, write your story, man. 
follow your storylines, track games, and things of that nature, we understand what we're going into in Jacksonville, that that's a group that's trying to kick our butt, a professional group, a capable group, and we're preparing with that understanding. That's the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's Mike Tomlin. And, hey, the Jags are this bad. When Mike Tomlin has to start on Tuesday, stand up there in front of the podium and give a message to his team already, you better not take these guys lightly. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, the Jags are that team this year, right? I mean, you, you could question whether Green Bay took the Jags likely. I, I didn't really sense that. And, and to be honest with you, I don't sense that much in the NFL. I think that is more of a collegiate high school kind of thing. Um, but human instinct is, the bottom line is, are the Pittsburgh Steelers going to be ready to go on their P's and Q's, focused, more amped up to play the Baltimore Ravens or the New England Patriots or the Jacksonville Jaguars or the New York Jets. Yeah. Well, human nature tell, tells us we know which one that is. And so that doesn't mean you'll lose. It doesn't mean you'll stink. Uh, it just means you're probably not going to be as mentally locked in to play the Jags as you would be to play the Ravens. That's sports. That's life, right? No, without a doubt, you know, and if you want to go back to the Green Bay game quick, like, yeah, did, did the Packers take the Jaguars lightly? I mean, I honestly don't think so. I think especially, you know, in this league, Brent, like, if you don't take your opponent seriously every single week, I mean, then what are we doing? You know, because, I mean, yeah. upsets happen all the time. But I do think the fact that there wasn't a crowd there, and they're essentially playing in silence, and then, you know, you, you're getting probably Jacksonville's best game because, well, they had nothing to lose, right? So I think that can be played into it a little bit. And I think, you know, the lack of crowd can be played. But to sit here and say, well, yeah, you, you know, th- th- this team took them lightly. I mean, no, I mean, this is like the NFL is designed to have this happen where upsets happen all the time. Um, and I think, you know, Tomlin said it nice. I think, like, listen, they're undefeated right now. I'm not sure how important to go 16-0 and is for this team. But I think, obviously, they want to keep the momentum going. So I expect the best Pittsburgh Steelers team to come in here on Sunday and try to give the Jacksonville Jaguars a run for their money. And it's a hard thing for a coach to be able to do that, right, to be able to get them up, get them up, get them up, ready to go. And I think he started this. I think that's what Mike Tomlin's done. Yeah. Now, listen, he was asked questions, too. So it led him down this path. But no doubt he's already started doing that. I, I think he's got his full attention on Jacksonville because he knows that's the human element. Listen, you, you, you can't sit here and say, uh, you know, every coach loves this cliche, right? Iron sharpens iron. <laughs> well, shoot, man. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers are an axe that would cut down one of these trees in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars this year are the razor blade in my bathroom that's now dull <laughs> and i got to throw away. I mean, come on. it's not That's not iron shop, sharpening iron. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's so you have to shift your focus, get yourself up mentally if you're the Steelers. I mean, I I think that's why we saw what happened against the Dallas Cowboys two weeks ago. The good thing for Tomlin is he's already experienced this with the Cowboys game. Mm -hmm. You know, they went in there and they really didn't play well. I mean, quite frankly, they could have lost that game. And I think that was a sign of it. It's just this human element to when you're not playing the best of the best, you don't focus as much as you would. Uh, That's... That's in every sport, not just football. That's in all facets of life, and that's usually when something comes up and bites you because you're not f- giving it your full attention. Mm-hmm. It's the beauty of sports. It's why we have upsets. It's why we talk about upsets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I like what Tomlin's doing. And, you know, I appreciate him also saying the nice things about the Jags, and he said even more than that because, quite frankly, the Jacksonville Jaguars have had the number 
of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I mean, I covered that playoff run, and I was there that week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, lead, Saturday, leading up to that game. And sports radio in Pittsburgh, they were already talking about the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. They were already dismissing the Jacksonville Jaguars. All the Jaguars did is go lay it on them just like they had done in the regular season. They've been here before. Mike mm-hmm. Tomlin's been here before with this organization. And I do think undefeated means something right now to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they have a three-game cushion. They are set yeah. uh, if they want to be. But I do think it means something to them uh, in that uh, AFC North and, and in the AFC in general to, to be the top team. And, of course, you right on your heels is Kansas City Chiefs. And being the top seed this year gives you that extra week off which is a, a nice bonus, and nobody else is going to get that, just the top two teams in both conferences. So I still think there's a lot riding on this uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think that's what this is with Mike Tomlin. Tomlin's so good, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think he is a tremendous football coach. No, without a doubt. And, you know, we, we've had this conversation before a little bit, um, and speaking of, you know, cliches, I mean, cliche being identity. Like, listen, Every offense in the NFL, or even a defense, like they're going to have their lapses, right? And and there's going to be that game that's showing where it's like, who is this team? The, the, this team's in first place right now. And obviously for Pittsburgh, you could argue that was a Dallas game. Now we'll see what happens in Jacksonville, but I but I truly feel like when you have those lapse games, right? And, and when those games um, just go not the way that you planned them, I and you're, you're letting a uh, you know like an inferior team stick around a little bit too long, well, that's when your physicality and your identity can come into play, right? And, and Pittsburgh's always had that physicality. Now, don't get me wrong. On offense, you know, they're, they're, they're an extremely dynamic team. Um, they're a fast team. But to me, Pittsburgh's always been defined a little bit by their defense. Now, back in 2017, when the Jaguars had their number, I can make an argument and say, well, with Leonard Fournette, you know, I mean, the Jaguars kind of were more physical than than the Steelers were. Now that that playoff game was a high scoring game. Don't get me wrong, but like you just kind of get the, the feeling that the Jaguars were bringing their big boy pads. They're coming ready to play. This year with the Steelers, I mean, they've been defined by physicality and toughness. And I think if you look at this Jaguars team right now, Brent, I'm not sure where you stand on it, but I think we would say you know it's a little more maybe finesse and a little more speed. Well, that's great when everything's going your way. But when your back's against the wall and you're not having the game that you're supposed to have, I would rather rely more on my physicality and my mentality than I would with speed and finesse. Yeah, and listen, the Jags showed last week that they can play with a little physicality. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Um, but I agree with you. Yeah, I, I listen, you can play with finesse if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you have so <laughs> many weapons that it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. You know, Again, I look at them as a finesse team. That doesn't mean they don't hit guys hard and try to run hard on fourth and one and beat you up at the line of scrimmage. But there's no way I would ever put them in that category. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just too good and so good. And so if you're going to be that style of team, uh, then I think you have to be so good. You know, I, I just put a question out there on Mike Tomlin because, again, I think he's really good. The Pittsburgh organization is one I think a lot of franchises envy. I think it's one that Shad Khan, I've said this in the last few weeks, I think it's one Shad Khan has taken a look at over the years and said, hey, we want to be more like that. We don't want this constant rotation of new coach, new GM, new this, new that. Instead, we're going to try to find consistency. Well, that hasn't worked so well. For Shad Khan. I mean, four years Gus Bradley, eight years Dave Caldwell, four years uh, Doug Marone. It doesn't look like it's working. I mean, he's tried it to his credit. At least he's stuck with, I think that's his plan. I think that's what he sees, and he just feels like consistency is better than change um, to spark things and and to to get better maybe. But it just hasn't been the case. Uh, Mike Tomlin, 
you know, Bill Cower was so good. Obviously, Chuck Noll was so good. I just put the question out there: Are the Pittsburgh Steelers just so good because and and there's such a culture of winning, uh, and there's such a standard there that Mike Tomlin just had to keep it going, or do you think he helped solidify and create the culture and take it to a next step where mm. you've got to win, win, win? Because I don't believe he has had a losing record in his career as an NFL head coach. Yeah, I mean, listen, obviously Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches in the NFL, hands down. Not up for debate, in my opinion. But at the same time, it's more than Mike Tomlin. It's the culture, it's the organization in general, and it's the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because to me, like, and listen, if I was going to build a team, and I agree with you, with the try to try to see the Steelers a little bit, if I was going to build a team... I would try to model it after the Pittsburgh Steelers, not the Patriots, not the Kansas City Chiefs. Because you know why? Because, listen, the Patriots had Tom Brady, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I wish I could draft a six-round pick, turn him to Tom Brady, be successful. But guess what? That's kind of fear and far between, right? That's pretty rare. I wish I could draft Patrick Mahomes and have one of the best players maybe of all time right now at the position. But guess what? That's not how it works. All due respect to Ben Roethlisberger, but I'm not sure if I'd even call him maybe the top eight, maybe even top ten quarterback anymore. But he does just enough for that team to win. My point, though, is this. Whether it's drama, because Pittsburgh's had it, right? Mm-hmm. Whether they got rid of Antonio Brown, uh, they had to get rid of Bell. Like, that panned out well. Right now in Jacksonville, when they got rid of Yannick Ngakwe, well, they traded him away, obviously. When they traded away Jalen Ramsey, I, I have yet to hear someone go, oh, you know what? The Jaguars, they have the better in that deal. Now, keep in mind, I get it. We're still young um, in terms of the, the trades and things like that, and in terms of the pro, the draft prospects we got in return. But I'm just saying, right now, no one's saying that we got the better end of the deal. In Pittsburgh, Le'Veon Bell's an afterthought. Antonio Brown is an afterthought. Another point: free agency. Right? They've signed the free agents, like you know, like the, 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 the kind of like the no-name free agents. Tyson Alualu. Right, the Jaguars let him go, and maybe it was for the best. But guess what? The Steelers bring him in, and now he's playing at a very high, high level. And then obviously, when they're maybe a guy or two guys away, what do they do? They go after Minka Fitzpatrick, and he he's turned that entire defense around. And last but not least, obviously in the draft, they've drafted well. Like to me, this franchise has done everything right in terms of transactions, in terms of um, culture building, in terms of getting the guys out of the building, whatever the, the case may be. This team has done everything by the book, and obviously right now it's paying dividends. Well, and they've and they've been able to recycle through rosters because of two main parts, in my opinion. They kept Tomlin and Roethlisberger in place, and whether it's getting rid of other guys, whether it's bringing in new receivers, whether it's the the unfortunate. Um, situation with Ryan Shazier and yeah. now being able to rebound from that. I mean, here they are. I mean, they're nine and zero, and arguably the best team in the NFL, the best team record-wise in the NFL. And Mike Tomlin. Keep in mind now, if you go back, I want to say it was around 2012-13. They had gone to the Super Bowl, or they had won the Super Bowl uh, back in 08, mm. and then they went to the Super Bowl in 10 and lost. Then they lost in the wild card the next year, went eight and eight the next two years, and I think there were plenty of murmurs about, <laughs> hey, it's time to make a change. Sure. Right? I remember that was when Tomlin was like, okay, is it time to make a change? Well, to the credit of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they didn't listen to that noise. Mm-hmm. And now they haven't won a Super Bowl, and they've been successful, but not ultimately successful in the playoffs. But here they are now, years later, still winning 
and winning a lot and now undefeated and, and one of the favorites uh, this go-around. So we'll see what happens. with. Let's get Steven on the line real quick before we hit a break. What's up, man? How you doing today? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey, uh, since you were talking the draft earlier, I just wanted to throw in uh, an idea or pitch an idea to you guys because – I remember a tweet, Brent, a couple weeks ago during a Gators game. You said, as long as we get a quarterback, nobody specific, and Pitts, it's a, it's a successful first round. Now, us, the Jets, and Dolphins are the only two teams that have multiple picks in the first round. But if we sit at that second spot and somebody wants to offer us maybe a second, a third, and maybe a next year first round pick, to move up, like uh, we'll say the Redskins move up from three to two, and we still get a quarterback like, uh, for an example, Kyle Trask, who's been playing lights out right now and in a good hunt for the Heisman Trophy, should we consider something like that and keep building it and getting more talent for this team? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll answer that question because I've got some thoughts on that. And uh, I like the question, though, because could there certainly be some overtures from other teams? I think absolutely. And there are some other quarterbacks in this draft that you could go with. Mm -hmm. Would the Jaguars consider it? I like where you go with that, Stephen. Let's talk about it next. Uh, We take a break. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 here at home. Got to wait till it gets darker to light the fire pit, man. Maybe when we talk about the QBs or something. Hey, Brent, I'm going to need you to go on your Twitter real quick. I saw it. Okay. Okay. I saw it. Okay. I know. Listen, man. I must be getting old. Yeah. I'm making a lot of mistakes on Twitter these days. I I, I don't know what it is. But Man, I, just, I guess you got something out with your boy Gene Fernandez all the time. I think it is. Yeah. Listen, it's it's not the easiest thing to tweet in the show. I, you just want people to know that. This is hard. This is I got hard you. labor. I got Manual you. labor here. Sure. All right. We'll be back. Uh, we'll talk about would you trade that second pick if you had it. Ooh. <laughs> Next on ESPN 690. Hey. Ten career starts is all Mac Jones has had, but this year he has been phenomenal. He's up around 80, 80%, 78.5, but in that area right now, 16 touchdowns, only two picks, and his deep ball accuracy has been exceptional. And his poise, he's confident, he's a take-charge guy now, he's having fun out there, whipping the ball around the field. Granted, he has great targets led by Devontae Smith, no question about it. I don't want to go crazy with just ten career starts, but right now he deserves to be on that top 25 big board. Mac Jones right now off to a great start at Alabama. Now we're midway through. We want to see a little bit more of a body of work from Mac, from Mac Jones before you go too crazy and raise him up into that top 15. <laughs> wow, how about that? Top 25 big Mid-season board? Mid-season form for Mel Kiper. Yeah, Mel Kiper's all over it. Hey, we got to get Mel Kiper on. I mean, let's get him on. we got to start this. Yeah, one. we're all good, Brent. No, oh, yeah, that's right. You're not Mel Kiper. That's right. Uh, Austin, the Jaguars draft Austin Lane. Tell us about him, Mel. <coughs> uh, I have my, my uh, <coughs> Whoa. <coughs> lost that file. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, let's. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, by the way, just got this ESPN alert. Trevor Lawrence back to normal, so he's good to go against the Knowles. Mm. Good luck, Florida State, yeah. on Saturday. A <laughs> uh, guy who's very fresh and hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, I want to get to Steven's question. I think it's interesting. It, listen, we're going to get so much draft talk down the road. But, yeah. hey, they're in the two-hole right now. If, if you had the, the pick and somebody's going to give you a lot for it, here's what I say. Absolutely not. Thank you, Don't Brent. the Jaguars have enough picks? They just had 12. They've got 16 rookies. They've got nine more picks next year. They've got $100 million in cap space. What are we waiting on? 
Like, what? how much... This isn't like a, an episode of Hoarders. Like, we don't need all this stuff. We, You only have 53 spots. Yeah. So, no... No, go get your guy and say thank you anyway. And say, hey, by the way, if you want to trade later on, I've got this other first-round pick. Maybe that's where you do it. Yeah. But no, I mean, I get it. You can get a king's ransom at times for it, but no way. Not at this time, not at this place, not here in Jacksonville. You don't even consider doing that. I'm not going to lie, too. The, the way you were phrasing your statement, I thought I was going to ready to fight you because I thought you were going to go the opposite direction. It's like, yeah, absolutely, trade that guy. No, <laughs> uh, but we're on the same page here, Brent, and I'm, I'm glad to hear it because we're not on the same page a lot, it seems like, the past couple weeks. But here we are once again. Good to have you back. It, it's simple, Brent. And listen, I'm not sure who the next offensive coordinator is going to be. not sure who the next head coach could be. Um, assuming it's going to be an offensive-minded guy. Like, listen. It, whether it's going to be Justin Fields or somebody else, as long as they have their guy, then go get your guy. Don't worry about trading those picks away and moving back. Yeah, maybe, you know, uh, Trask could be good. Maybe Mac Jones could be good, but let's be honest right now. It's Trevor Lawrence, it's Justin Fields, and then it's everybody else. Now, assuming what that new staff thinks when they come in here, whether maybe it's a Trey Lance, maybe it is a Zach Wilson, I don't care as long as they have their guy and as long as they get their guy. Don't worry about trading that pick away. Go after your guy. Hey, you know what? I usually Here's what I think about this kind of scenario, okay? I want if, there are, if there's one good player in the draft at a position, and I've got a chance to get him and create separation between the rest of the players at that position for somebody else who's going to get it. Say it's wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Actually, I th- you know what's a great example is this year's draft. It's it's cornerback. And so if Akuda was like by far the best and you couldn't get him, then I would have said, why are we reaching for C.J. Henderson? Now, yeah. maybe you valued those two guys, but I'm looking at Jalen Johnson playing well. Um, you know, by the way, I know Trevon Diggs struggled at times, but he also has some pretty good uh, measurables. I mean, what are we, okay. Uh, he did. Uh, I mean, um, now he's been out for, now he's out for like a month. But, you know, I'm looking at other guys play okay, and it makes you wonder, okay, is C.J. Henderson that much better than those guys, right? So, like, should the Jags have reached at 9 when they could have got another corner at 22 or 30-whatever? Um, so, if, but like in this quarterback situation, I really believe that Fields and Lawrence are a lot are on a different level than the rest of them. You don't sit around and get the rest of them. You go get that different level guy. I just can't believe you found a way to weasel in Trevon Diggs' name in this breakdown here. And, and, and you had the audacity to bring him up before Christian Fulton. Unbelievable. Is Christian Fulton still in the league? Hey, Brent, check the stats. He's doing just fine. <laughs> Jason Fitz joins us. Not playing in Dallas either. Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690 from the fire pit.